what's going on everybody uh oh i'm sorry i should say hey yo hot tag wrestling podcast i'm christy francesco uh george rogers with me as always and joining us once again i'm very grateful for his appearance this week dean Holzapple. what's going on guys hey 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 yo hey hey <laughs> hey um so obviously you guys are hearing this on St. Pat. I mean, we're recording this on St. Patty's Day. Some of you will hear it tonight. Most of you will start listening tomorrow. Um, we are just a few days removed from probably one of the more sad wrestling deaths um, of all time. Uh, from I mean, from our perspective, from from my perspective, you know, the, the passing of Scott Hall, you know, you guys might know him obviously as Razor Ramon or Diamond Stud if you go back that far. Um you you would this one probably hurts the most. I know I was thinking about like man what wrestler death really hit the hardest. And you know Owen was tough because you know we were what 13 years old. So it's it that kind of stuff didn't really register at the time. Um but you know, Razor was a guy like Dean, I think. He was one of my favorites growing up. <clears throat> I loved Razor Ramon. Um, and then when I, with the NWO, you everyone loved the NWO. Everybody loved the Outsiders. Um, and then he came back for a short stint in 2002 with the NWO. But still, I mean, to me, you know, Razor. All right, George, we get it. And, and Scott Hall, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the one of the greats, one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time. Um, he had one of the greatest matches of all time with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10 with the ladder match. Um, I, I, I feel bad. Like I I'm trying to remember all the wrestler deaths over the last 10 years. I could, you know, I don't mean this in a bad way. I didn't care about warrior. I didn't care, um, about, or I didn't care. It didn't bother me when warrior passed. It didn't bother me too much, you know, Mr. Perfect or, Rick well, that Rude. was like, that was almost twenty years ago. Chris. Yeah, so but I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> you know, British Bulldog, or you know, obviously Chris Benoit did a lot of things, so that doesn't really yeah. get to me. Um, so I'll go to you guys. Your thoughts, um, your opinions on on Scott Hall, um, his death, and, and what that meant to you guys. Dean, Dean, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I I put this up there for me. I put this up there with Macho Man. Um, that because was a one, yeah. like I like I Chris, I know you weren't a big fan of Macho Man, but 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 there was no denying how like he was a legend. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and like I, I put this up there with that. Like these are just two like iconic um wrestlers in the business, uh, taken well before their time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because like you know even with like macho man he had been out of the business for so long and he actually been taking care of himself and stuff like that and he just had this freak heart attack on the highway it was kind of and it, it wasn't even the heart attack that killed him it was the car crash mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> but uh i mean this and this this is even you know i would say this it's very similar to chris candido's death mm. um not not to compare you know obviously you know they're on two different levels and so but it was it was like complications from a surgery that caused you know ultimately them to pass and that's actually i think was is more sad about it was that he he was going in for a surgery that he needed Mm -hmm. and what i don't know if it was the medication or 
or what that causes mm. you know cause the heart heart attacks and that's that's the real sad part but are you me, talking about scott hall <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah. I, he had a didn't it um didn't he the what happened resulted in blood clots that created that forced the heart attacks is that yeah, what it was? it was it was a blood clot that i think um burst yeah and it went yeah it went to his heart yeah Ugh. um but yeah it, it um you know, I, I very few celebrity deaths will, will ever like hit me to where I, I might have, you know, have some tears in my eyes and not, mm-hmm. you know, not like not everybody's Eddie Van Halen, but um, like this in the terms of the wrestling world, I mean, this, this, this hurts because Scott, I, Chris, you said it best. I mean, he was so pivotal, pivotal in two really big moments in, yeah. in wrestling, you know, uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess two big moments, but there were other big things in his career. I mean, he was the formation of the NWO. I mean, he changed. was the start of the NWO. Yeah, he really was. He was. He, he was well, the start. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I, I, you know, him and Nash are basically they are the reason why wrestlers get paid today. Mm-hmm. You know, they are the one the reasons why a lot of contracts are guaranteed now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the other thing is the curtain call. I mean, that was so infamous, yeah. you know, it was just, uh, you know, and they were leaving. So everybody knows the story behind that, but it, yeah. it was really sad because, you know, he had done, he had, he had really, really tried to, to fix his life. When did mm-hmm. he go in the accountability crew with DDP? Was that about roughly 10 years ago? It was about ish? 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, he really was doing pretty good, you know, and then for yeah. a while he was I, in really good, yeah, he was I, in really good shape. I saw him like at that. quite a few appear like wrestling con wrestle cons and he looked mm. great. Like yeah. he looked healthy. He was great to talk to. He looked mm. awesome. So I, that's why this just came out of a bit of a shock. Like, geez, I mean, he was doing yeah. so well for so long. Yeah. And George and I met him, uh, I believe it was NJ horror con 2000. I think it was 2018 George. Uh, I think that was the year we met him. And, um, He's really nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I not, that wasn't the first time I met Kevin Nash. He's always he was he, he's always cool as hell. But um, yeah, he was he was super nice. And uh, but just to know that there is another massive chunk of, uh, you know, just on our perspective as mm-hmm. wrestling fans and stuff like that. Of course, I've had, you know his family and his, his close friends are grieving in other ways. But mm-hmm. for us, it's it's a massive piece of our childhood. Yeah, I would say is has is gone because. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about the NWO before and yeah. what they, you know, not only meant to wrestling, but us and, you know, and, and everything he did in, in WWE. Like you mm-hmm. said, ladder match, Mike, both ladder matches with Michaels, even though the WrestleMania one was better, mm-hmm. but both those matches were good. And, yeah. and the match against Bret Hart at Rumble and all that other stuff, you know, and it was, um, it was a real Survivor show. Series with Ric Flair. It was also yeah. memorable from back then. Um, and look, and look, a lot of people who might not know this, if it wasn't for Hall, the, we wouldn't have gotten Crow Sting. That was his idea. Um, Scott Hall was the one that told Sting, you know, um, who's the guy that plays the Crow? What's his name? Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. He said, you know, you should be like the Crow. You know, if you haven't seen the Crow, you got to paint your face like Brandon Lee. Like, if you want to be like this Sting character, this dark character, paint your face like him. Be like that guy. Be dark. Don't talk. And all of a sudden, Sting, or, you know, Sting and Eric Bischoff said, Wow, like that makes sense. Let's give it a try, sure. and then it you know ended up being one of the greatest storylines in wrestling history for a year. And to this yeah. day, Sting Unfortunately, is the, the ending crow. Is botched. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll cover. We're gonna cover that pay per view eventually. I can't wait. Oh sweet, um, I can't wait. 
So I, I, I kind of feel like this is how it happened. I feel like Scott Hall went up to Sting and was like, hey, man, you should dress like the crow. And chicas are made for fun. <laughs> uh, George. Uh, uh, vignettes are great. Oh, they were so good. Uh, and also, like we talked about before, top 10 theme of all time. Oh, yeah. The not to mention his, his fashion was out of this world. I mean, yes. if you're not dressing like that, are you even a man? <laughs> you're, not, you're not oozing machismo. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, George, your thoughts on, on Scott Hall and the passing? Uh, I mean, he's, as you said, he, he he's pivotal. He's he Him showing up in WCW at a time when the internet wasn't even a thing, you know, yeah, you had dirt sheets, but you had to subscribe to that Jack Off's letter to actually read anything he was going, anything he was talking about. Hey, don't he say was, that about Chris. To, which he was wrong all the time anyway. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Mabel's the third guy. Um, but, you know, him sh- him showing up on Nitro, especially if you were someone like me who kind of, who watched both shows, when he showed up, like, you're sitting there like, wait a minute, that's, that's Razor Ramon. What's he doing on Nitro? Like it was, it was the talk of the, of, of the wrestling world. Everyone was tuning in to see what the hell was going on. And that's why wrestling became such a big jump in the nineties because we didn't know what was real. And we didn't, you know, we, we, we were young. We didn't know any of this was scripted. We didn't know that, you know, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash signed contracts. We didn't know any of that stuff until, you know, obviously much later, but I'll say the one thing that razor did that, um, was kind of pivotal to a point was he made it okay to kind of cheer for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've, we've always had, you know, you know, the, the faces and the heels and you, you cheer for the faces, you boo the heels, but nobody really wanted to boo this guy. Even if he's, you know, even when he was a heel, I never wanted to boo him. I'm like, Oh, this, this guy's awesome. Like, what can we do? He's dripping in gold. He's got like that slick back hair. You know, he was, Apparently, he was the cool character. He was like the original Carlito Caribbean cool. Like, yeah, great, great. Like that would have been a, a nice little showdown. You know, Carlito against Razor doing like a little promo off thing. You know, Carlito goes to spit the apple and Razor flicks the toothpick. You know, it would have been a whole thing. But for me, his death is right up there with um, with Piper, with one that you really didn't see coming, and you're like, damn, I didn't even know Piper was going down same thing with dusty i remember what was the dusty and piper went out like within a month right mm-hmm. yeah i think so i mean mm-hmm. just tried like, like like dusty fell and like and he you know and he what, what, what was it with him his then something rupture mm-hmm. with dusty so i mean it's it's all the stuff that kind of comes out of nowhere and what and what really makes, uh dusty had kidney failure kidney failure yeah mm-hmm. um but what makes it even worse is the fact that Scott beat his demons at a point he where did. nobody thought this guy was ever going to. Everybody yeah. thought Scott Hall <clears throat> was, was going to succumb to his vices and his demons. Mm-hmm. And he, oh, Scott he, Hall said himself, I should have been dead a hundred times over by now. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, you know, he essentially, you know, fought the Reaper and won mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. And for him to kind of go out in this way, it's it's almost bittersweet. It's sad that he went out, but at the same time, I'm glad it wasn't due to a relapse mm-hmm. or something 
I agree. Like yeah, and, and 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 this and you said before, you know, with 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 wrestlers dying, this is an industry that doesn't have a very long shelf life mm-hmm. for 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 talent. And yeah. we're hitting a point now in our lives. There's going to be as, quite a few as, coming. You know, we're hitting a point where they take more from us than they give us. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're lucky to still have guys like Hogan and I, Flair. I can't believe just, Hogan has outlived all these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Flair. And Flair. I mean, Flair, Flair's got like a second lease on life. He's part- I know. <laughs> yeah, this guy. I every time a wrestler dies, I say, "Well, I cannot believe Hogan has lasted another one. It's unreal to me." Or Flair. It's like, what is going on? Ric Flair is the Keith Richards of wrestling. <laughs> oh yeah. man yeah um, um and a cool thing about scott hall is he also left us with probably one of the greatest quotes ever um from his hall of fame speech where he said mm-hmm. hard work pays off dreams come true bad times don't last but bad guys do and like to me to this day that's still the best sign off to a hall of fame speech that's, um that's because so he was like in character when he was saying it and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, that is so perfect!" And you could tell, I, during, you could tell during his Hall of Fame speech, like he was just, like he felt really good to be up there. You know, he never. It was vindication for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was bit, great. It was great to see him go in as a singles competitor. Yeah, as Razor. On, yeah. to, on top of we knew, and we knew we'd get him in in the NWO eventually, but. It was great to see him go in as mm-hmm. as a singles competitor because he 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 deserved it and mm-hmm. and he's one of the greatest wrestlers to never hold a heavyweight title. I agree. He was I clean, agree. And, and he was a clean worker too. No mistakes. Mm-hmm. People uh, forget that he's uh, as big as Hogan. Always, yeah. Uh, and always great matches. I mean, you know, people always say, "I know it's Scott Hall," but if you <sighs> actually sit there and watch his matches, like they're good, they're great matches. Mm-hmm. He was very good in the ring. And well, let's not forget, you know, without him, Sean Waltman probably would not even be close to as big as he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Razor doesn't put him over on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. He what made him. Talking, he made him that night. Talking about Xbox. Did you hear the story about uh, Jer- uh, him putting Jericho over on Nitro or something like that? No. Where appar- apparently he was supposed to go over Jericho, but Jericho needed to push more, so he just told Jericho to roll him up, and he took the pin. Oh, nice. Very nice. I mean, he's also, uh, I mean, people say this all the time. He's one of the smartest minds in the history of the business. Well, it's a shame. That, yeah. It, yeah. It's a shame. Other things he said, but I digress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Bret Hart, who's, who he, uh, for those of you who, you know, pay attention to a lot of the tributes that wrestlers are paying, you guys should definitely go and read what Bret Hart said about Scott Hall was really, even Kevin Nash commented and said how beautiful and amazing it was, mm-hmm. you know, cause Bret, Get you know, I won't take anything away from the fact of how great he is in the ring. Mm-hmm. He he he's always honest. I'll give him the the credit that he's always he's always honest about um his opinions. He's uh-huh. he's he doesn't mince words. Like you know, he yeah. he said on yeah, his Instagram, yeah, he's the best brother. I know. Yeah, oh, that was great. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. Like so, you know, if there's one thing Brett does do, you know, he'll he'll. You know, put his money where his mouth is, and you know he did say, he he did say in his post, you know, he never really got along with Scott, but you know he did like mend some fences with him later on in life, you know. But Brett went on to say, like, look, 
when Scott Hall wanted to go in that ring, there wasn't many that was better than him. You know, Shawn Michaels said numerous times, people forget that he, that Scott Hall was a legitimate 6'6", 6'7", 300 pounds. He was Hogan. He was built like Hogan. But he moved like Shawn Michaels sometimes. And it's a shame. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, and I, I agree with you, Dean. I would put Razor up there. If Razor was around in the Attitude Era or the Ruthless Aggression Era, oh my God. you're talking Mount Rushmore. I'm being yeah. – and I'm uh, uh, honestly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He I was think ta- it was a shame because he was tailor-made for those two hours. Mm-hmm. And what could have been had, let's say, he came back with the NWO and he he didn't – still wasn't fighting his demons. You know what I mean? Let's say he came back and was like Nash and he was pretty clean and in good health, even though Nash always had the bad knees and the you know, hamstring and stuff like that. But who knows what could have been? He was tailor made for those two hours. And yep. It's a shame that he couldn't be a part of. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I think people I forget think... how great a shape he was in too. I mean, oh, he was just in amazing shape. Yeah, yeah. I think if uh, I think if he doesn't jump ship in '96, they would have put the strap on him. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Maybe could you yeah. imagine the 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 a feud between him and Austin? Dear God. Yeah, like prime <laughs> Austin and then like for this upcoming. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, right. ta- I'm talking I'm talking about like let's say you know he didn't have any demons and he was Razor Ramon, but then he became like Razor Razor Ramon in like the attitude era. Yeah. Against like a he- like heel razor, like pe- like prime heel razor against like face Austin. That would be that's Money. a world be- that's a world beater right there. I agree. Well, 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 let me pitch you another one, Dean. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do that, um, heel razor against American Badass Undertaker, <laughs> like two thousand two American Badass when, when when Taker lost the gut, and he was and he was down he had the short yeah, hair yeah. when he was yeah, big evil. There. That was yeah, big yeah. evil, uh, <laughs> dead man. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about why we actually are here tonight. It is mm-hmm. uh, St. Patty's Day. I see wearing That's green there, George. Day. Yeah, we're here for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was the only person who showed up dressed for the occasion. Yeah, I'm not you... Irish. <laughs> not with that attitude. You're not Samoan like me. Um, get, so... get out of here. <laughs> here he fucking goes. Oh the lost member of the Anawahi family, Chris Damn. D. Francesco. Can't you Damn tell? Damn right. right now nah, he's a <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's the lost son of Nancy Ar- Nancy Argentino exacting his revenge on the Snook family. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're just gonna cut right into that. <laughs> I've killed him. That point. I've killed him like his mom. No. <laughs> oh wow. Oh my god, I don't want to hear it. This Sounds is, good. Chris is Chris is making Owen heart jokes the other week. This this is more. This Chris is more... of all people. Chris of all people yeah. who is telling us to not curse so he doesn't lose sponsors. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> that's it's... funny. Oh. To, to, quote, to quote Kevin Nash, this is more entertaining than Marge Shot reading, uh, reading excerpts from Mein Kampf. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. Before we yeah. continue, yeah, Chris, uh, <laughs> uh, just in case you guys didn't notice that, both people who have held the moniker of Razor Ramon have died. Oh, the fake Razor died? Yeah, he died a few years ago. Not, not like you'd notice. Yeah. The, the best thing about that was when, when WCW saw that, uh, when 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 WWF was was touting the return of of Diesel and Razor Ramon, 
WCW went to those guys and upped their prices so they wouldn't leave the company because they thought that they were going back to WWF. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like we said, we're recording this episode on St. Patty's Day Thursday, which happens to be, and we did not plan it this way, trust me, this, this show was, was supposed to be recorded on Monday, so you guys should know that we did not plan it this way. It's the exact 20th anniversary of WrestleMania 18, which is what we are covering tonight. Uh, it occurred, like I said, back in 2002 at the Toronto Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, 840,000 pay-per-view buys. Um, it was a paid, sold-out crowd. 68,237 paid a live gate of just under $4 million. Um, for a little bit of a comparison here, where the business was going, um, it's very weird what happened in 2003, uh, which I consider arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 19, um, only had 560,000 pay-per-view buys. So very, and then the following year in 04 had over a million. So very odd year there, 2003 for the WWE in terms of pay-per-view buys. Um, that was a sellout crowd at Safeco Field, now uh, T-Mobile Field in Seattle. That was 54,000 paid a gate of 2.76 million. Um, and then in 04 was WrestleMania 20, which we will cover eventually, just probably not this year. We'll get into that uh, probably for the next round of WrestleMania pay-per-views next year. Um, that that had over a million pay-per-view buys. Um, just under 20,000 people at Madison Square Garden paid a live gate of $2.5 million. Um, so yeah, this, is, this was a huge pay-per-view for the WWE here in 2002. Um, for those of you who obviously listen to this podcast and that know wrestling, Toronto is a huge wrestling market. And as we'll get into it, it is a massive Hulk Hogan market. Um, and we'll definitely get into that. This was the 18th WrestleMania that was held in a Toronto Sky Dome for the second time, with the first time happening way back at WrestleMania 6. It also marked the return. Yeah. The, it also <laughs> marked the return of uh, the WrestleMania return of Hulk Hogan, who would end up having the most talked about match, um, just like he did 12 years prior against the Ultimate Warrior. So yeah. it's just, it's just, it's crazy um, how things work in, in pro wrestling. Um, the biggest news here was the return of familiar names like Hogan, uh, Hall, Nash, Ric Flair, just to name a few. All of them had competed at WrestleMania's in the past. And with WCW now dead, uh, they found their way back to the company, you know, under the employment of Vince McMahon. Uh, the death of WCW also meant uh, that WrestleMania debuts of top guys like DDP, uh, Booker T, while ECW's Rob Van Dam also made his very first WrestleMania appearance uh, here in uh, WrestleMania 18. Uh, in many ways, you know, as much as it looks like things were kind of the same with some of these names, the company was changing. Um, th this was, you know, also the last WrestleMania under the W the world wrestling Federation umbrella. Uh, a few months later, they officially changed their name to the world wrestling entertainment. Uh, it was also right before the brand extension before, you know, half the roster went to raw and the other half went to SmackDown. So I guess in many ways, this WrestleMania guys was the, I guess, end of an era, uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, because the brand extension is something that we still have today in 2022. So yeah. this, this pay-per-view kind of set in motion, a lot of different things. Um, George Dean, do you guys remember if you guys watched the show 
live way back in 2002? Was this something that you guys maybe like, you know, back in the day there was tape trading? Did you guys wait for this pay-per-view to hit, you know, Blockbuster or anything like that? Um, where were you guys at with this pay-per-view? I'm pretty sure I watched it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have I might have gone to a friend's house to watch it. I know I watched it live because there was no way I was missing Rock vs. Hogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was just it was ne- that was not happening. There was no way. Mm-hmm. And if you know, and I'm, we'll, we'll get to that because uh, I mean that, that match, man. I'm, I'm going to watch it again after we get off here. Yeah, I think I will too. Um, how about amazing. how about you, George? Yeah, I caught it live. There was no. <clears> I mean, it was too big to miss. It was mm-hmm. too big to miss. I didn't. You know, I you know everyone was going to be talking about it the next day <clears throat> at school, and I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to left out and just hear about. Oh, did you hear that Hulk Hogan faced the rock? And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know there was a thing. No, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to see this live. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just get right into it so we can get even uh we can get to that Rock Hogan match and more. First match here was the Intercontinental title. Um, William Regal versus Rob Van Dam, uh, the incumbent champion, William Regal, uh, winner and new intercontinental champion was Rob Van Dam. Um, I gave this match about two and a half stars. I thought it was a really good opening match. Um, I had forgotten about this match actually until I watched the show. Um, RVD, who I'm not a huge fan of, um, again, and I, and I I'm very admitted on, on this one to where I, I'm, I'm a snob with ECW. I just didn't like it at all. Um, that was just me. I was never really a huge fan of RVD. I thought he was kind of reckless in the ring. I, I liked his, I loved his, um, you know, his entrance. I love the RVD thing. I know how over he was. So it's, he just wasn't my cup of tea, but I understand why he was so beloved and very popular. So I, I take nothing away from him in that, Um, you know, I thought he was really good in this match. Sometimes he wasn't super sharp in the ring because, you know, he's, you know, notoriously not always in the match. (laughs) Uh, But uh, uh, there's been a lot of, speculation that he would wrestle uh under the influence quite often um Are you saying he was like somebody who was at turning point versus sting and they had to change the match on the fly because he was too i mean not to that level but it could have gotten to that level <laughs> um but i felt like he was He's on his game here first and foremost y- yes <laughs> but i i feel like he was on his game here and i the reason why i think that is because for those who don't no William Regal. He's a legit badass. So I think if there was someone that was going to take some liberties in the ring, I don't think you're going to do it against William Regal here. Um, so I, I just thought they got a good five minutes of this match. So a, a, another, I think, additional five minutes would have been a lot better. Uh, but new Intercontinental Champion, the goal was to get that title in RVD. Um, next match is for the European title. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page versus Christian. Um, by the way, do you guys follow college basketball at all? Mm, vaguely. The number 15 seed just beat the number two seed Kentucky in overtime. Hmm. Wow. Okay. That that's probably busted everyone's bracket. Um, I only care about UNC. Yeah, same. Um, Diamond Dallas Page versus Christian. The winner was DDP. Um, post match, DDP rubbed it in and then congratulated Christian for not losing his temper. Uh, he reminded me, you know. <laughs> He reminded him. And then Christian him that, lost his temper. And then Christian <laughs> went into a tantrum. Um, 
it was a solid match. Nothing too great in it, but nothing mm-hmm. bad either. It just felt like a, a definitely a match that could have just been saved for Monday Night Raw. But I understand, yeah. you know, this was obviously a time when WWE just tried to get everybody on TV or on a pay-per-view. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on what they were doing with DDP at this point? Uh, I mean, I didn't mind the uh, like the self-help guru gimmick because he's kind of doing it now a little bit with the with the DDP yoga thing, and he kind of build a crib. And and DDP is such a ham that when he was a heel, he he was just going hard with it. Mm-hmm. And, and Christian doing that goofy fucking uh, smile to to mock DDP, <laughs> like it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it lives rent free in my head, and it has for like just him that goofy of a smile. And I was glad to see that that DDP got the win here, because it also means DDP is undefeated at WrestleMania. That he is. You're right. Wow, mm-hmm. didn't even think of it that way. Um, um so I'm a massive DDP fan. I like uh, DDP a lot when he was in WCW. And I thought his whole entire WWF run, E, whatever you want to call it, was pretty much crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, outside of the fact that he has one of the best reveals in the history of wrestling, because nobody thought that that was going to be DDP. I agree. And I mean, that was still one of the, one of the, the crowd reaction was amazing. Um, but I thought this match was pretty good. I mean, you got two very good workers in the ring. There's not going to be, you know, a, a ton of botches and, Stuff like that. It was good to see DDP have a belt for a little bit as well. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall, I didn't, you know, I mean, you can kind of see why Sting didn't want to go to WF because they just weren't really treating the WSW guys with a lot of respect at this time. No, I, I agree. Um, backstage, Jonathan Cushman interviewed The Rock, calling it the biggest <laughs> match of his career. Rock was in full babyface mode here, doing an incredible job of hyping it up. He said it was a match that would determine who the greatest of all time is, which is an arguable point, but it at this point, it was factual. Uh, Rock made Coach say his prayers. Coach started it with, what up, G? And the Rock stopped him, kicking him out of the out of the camera. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> what, Hulk Hogan, what you going to do when the Rock runs wild on you? He did a really amazing job of setting up this match. You know, the Rock, anytime he has a microphone, he's going to, He's going to set your match up better than anything that's ever been done before. Um, And then after he did his smell with the rock is cooking, he ripped his shirt Hogan style. So um, that got a huge pop from the crowd. Um, So next match here, we'll, we'll get through this, this classic before we get to our first break. Um, Hardcore title uh, Maven. uh, It started off with Maven versus gold dust, but the winner ended up being spike Dudley. Um, just a dud match. I'm not really sure how to even rate it. Um, a zero. Uh, yeah. I mean, the hardcore, <laughs> the hardcore title at this point was just a joke. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously there'd be a lot more about this title throughout the evening. Um, just not good at all. <laughs> um, the band drowning pool played their song tear away. Um, oh, as the God. video screens above them told the story of the triple H and Jericho feud. Um, I, I can't believe you glossed over the fact that Saliva opened the show. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's all right. It's your favorite band. It's okay. My favorite. It's at least it's number two, you know, number two behind Puddle of Mud. Um, Why don't you go find some gym equipment? <laughs> um, next match here, uh, we'll do this and then we'll go to a break. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Kane. The winner was Kurt Angle. I gave this match three and a half stars. I thought it was really good. It wasn't great by any stretch, but 
the last like five, six minutes of this match was spectacular. Oh, um, yeah. the, the last half of that match was, was, was amazing. Yeah. The first part of it was a little slow. Um, I mean, it's, it's Kane. So you kind of got to build to that, that crescendo. Um, big respect for Kane though, showing just how athletic of a monster he was. Um, I mean, it helps being in the ring with Kurt Angle, but you know, who's, arguably the, the best athlete in the world at this point in pro wrestling. Um, he just really put on a show. Kane tried to keep up. Um, I thought he did a great job doing so. Uh, very tough opponent for for uh, for Kane being angle. Um, I remember, you know, being disappointed in the match because I, I, I wanted angle at this point in his career to have a classic mania match. At, and, you know, I don't think Kane was the right opponent for him to have that classic. But I will say it was it was great for Kane to have a really good WrestleMania moment. And I, it, I was happy to see that, yeah, on one hand, I wanted Kurt Angle to, to have that, that just mega WrestleMania match at this point of his career because of how great he was. But damn, it felt good to see just how awesome Kane was when he was in there with the right guy. Your thoughts on, on that, George? Yeah, Kane. Um, I've, I've always been a big Kane fan, and, and and when he when he put his working boots on, he started getting more athletic. It was it was almost awe inspiring to see a guy that big, mm-hmm. you know, probably a legit six ten, mm-hmm. around seven feet, just moving like, essentially moving like somebody half his size. I agree, absolutely. I know I've always loved his. Um, that clothesline he does from the top row. Oh, so great. Yeah. Like guys, his size shouldn't be, shouldn't even be looking at the top rope, let alone doing clotheslines off of it. I know Yeah, him and Taker kind of broke the mold with big guys going to the top rope. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember big show going to the top rope once. And I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to end good for anybody, especially I, the viewers. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, we're going to take our, our first only break here. And when we come back, we got a lot to get into. We have Undertaker versus Flair, uh, Edge versus Booker T, Austin Hall, um, and then obviously Rock Hogan and then Triple H, Jericho. So a lot to get into. There's still so much meat on the bone for this pay-per-view, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, at Hot Tag Podcast on Instagram, if you guys want to head over there and give us a follow. Uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of uh, really good DM show ideas. Uh, looking forward to doing those really soon. Um, so, you know, we have the Undertaker American Badass coming up. We're going to be doing um, profiling that run. I promised that to these guys for like three months now. Um, we are going to get to that, I promise. Um, I promised it for seven years. Yes. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago, I promised the American Badass episode. Um, we're going to get into uh, the Rocks 2000 and 2001 run. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, then I'm going to start going into a couple of pay-per-views that we got coming up. Uh, you know, money in the bank pay-per-views. There's a couple of backlashes I would like to cover. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much that's going to be coming on the pike for the hot tag podcast. And obviously once we get into June, July, it's going to be SummerSlam time. So it's always fun covering SummerSlams. Um, all right. So this is the hot tag podcast. When we come back, the rest of WrestleMania 18 coming your way. I'm Christy Francesco. That's George and that's Dean. And we'll be right back in just a few seconds. Stay with us. Oh, I don't have a last name. Bitch. Nope. That's what it oh. is. <laughs> wow. Oh. You sure mother with that mouth? Oh. No. This is father. <laughs> <laughs> 
my dad, Tom Brady's the shit out of me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, exactly. I'm just kidding, Tom. All respect, respect. Um, all right, but no we'll be- respect to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be the one show he listens to, and this is what he's gonna hear. Um, Fuck right. you and your Niners. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't you, Chris. That ain't you, son. <laughs> this is all BS. <laughs> Wait till our birds have a great draft. Um, <laughs> He's going to punch you in the face for an eagle's hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Welcome back. Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. Um, Chrissy, Francesco, and of course, that's the other two that are with me as well. Um, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's uh, George and Dean's with us. Um, all right. So here we go to get back into it. Um, let's see. My screen has to load here because when I plug my laptop in, it just shut off, so everything has to reload. So, uh, all right, so here we go. Uh, they aired a pack, a video package of the Undertaker Ric Flair feud. Undertaker was in his American Badass heel days, which, of course, we like we've said before, we all loved. Uh, Flair was at that point, quote unquote, the co-owner of a company at that, that time. Yeah, did not love that gimmick. No, uh, Flair got involved in an Undertaker match because he was trying to cheat. Undertaker wanted to have a match with him at WrestleMania. Flair said no. Taker decided to beat the shit out of uh, Arn Anderson and his son, David Flair. Uh, the board of directors ended up removing Flair as a co-owner because he was having this match with The Undertaker. So Vince McMahon, once again, had full control of his own company. Um, Vince McMahon uh, made The Undertaker match a no-DQ uh, contest. Uh, I really liked the build to this match. I was such a fan of that big, evil American badass Undertaker. And during this uh, whole uh, story with with Flair, I really liked where they went with this. Flair was really good at playing that sympathetic babyface, especially with the Undertaker going after Arn Anderson, going after his son David Flair. Um, I just thought this was just prime prime heel Undertaker. Um, what was your thoughts on on this Taker, uh, guys? Hey, if you wanted. To- if you wanted to sell this as as real big evil taker, you should have had him uh, beat the shit out of Charlotte. Also, <laughs> um, I mean, yes. I think that was also the only time we saw David Flair on on WWF TV. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Which um, is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was a it, it was real solid. Bill Taker was just yeah. Every, every time he did something, or 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 when he was beating up David Flair in the locker room and he was just staring into the camera and he's like, I didn't want to do this, Rick. You made me do this. You know, really selling it, just driving the point home and, you know, Flair struggling with all, oh, you know, I want to face him, but I'm going to lose my fake control of this company. But it was, it, it was sold really well. I, I agree. Um, all right. So, um, as the Undertaker made his entrance to the Limp Biscuit song, Limp Biscuit song "Rollin'," Jr. pointed out, and this was the very first time Jr. pointed out how Undertaker was nine and zero at WrestleMania. Uh, this was Flair's first WrestleMania match in ten years. His last one was WrestleMania eight, which saw him lose to Randy Savage, and was probably the best match of WrestleMania eight. Um, so uh, the fact that this was the first time that we actually started hearing the streak as it were. Uh, so it was super interesting um, to learn that this was the first time that it was technically mentioned on, on TV. So 
Um, here we go. No DQ match. Undertaker versus Ric Flair. Winner was obviously the Undertaker who went 10 and 0. It was also Undertaker said this, although JR might have mentioned that he was 9 and 0, the Undertaker for the first time in this match showed that he was very much aware of the streak because after the match with Flair, he got on the ring apron and put 10 fingers up to showcase that he was now 10 and 0 at WrestleMania. So well, it was eight fingers because he's part of the Van Buren boys. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, post-match, Undertaker destroyed Rev Charlie Robinson with a clothesline. 2000 to like 2005 was like the era of, if there's one thing you don't want to be, is a referee in a WWF because they, yeah. you are going to get the shit kicked out of you. Um, Especially if your name is Tim White. Yes. Um, or Little Nate. Little Nate. Uh, I gave this match four stars. I really enjoyed it. It was a brawl. It was very old school. Uh, no pun intended to the move that Undertaker does, but it was very old school in a lot of ways with the blood. Well, I mean, it involved Ric Flair. I mean, he was already half blading by the time he got to the ring. Um, <laughs> the moves they did and the intensity of the match, um, you know, Flair took an absolute beating. Um, and then again, at the baby face, he showed heart with the comeback, nearly winning the match. Uh, Undertaker, as always during this this era, played the role of a bully so damn well. Um, I love the inclusion of Arn Anderson uh, because, my God, I can't get enough of watching him give anybody a spine buster. Um, the just absolute perfection. Um, Not to mention he'd also – he's going to pull out a Glock and put it to your head. <laughs> oh, that's one of the great – that is the greatest moment in AEW history. Um, well, it literally killed the character of Cody Rhodes. Cody Co Cody Rhodes won't do that because he's a pussy, apparently. Oh dear lord! Uh, <laughs> but he um, ended the racism, so whatever. We'll just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> then Undertaker destroyed him for the finish. That was it. Um, I mean, this was Undertaker's last time as a heel at uh, WrestleMania, so pretty wild. Um, uh, I'll go to you first, George, and then over to Dean. Um, because you know you guys are big Flair fans. Um. I am not, but I, I love this match. I'm a massive Taker fan like all of us. Uh, what was your thoughts on, on this match? I thought it was a hell of a good match. Mm -hmm. um, now, I texted you when I was watching this, and you said that you don't like Ric Flair matches because if you see one Flair match, you've seen them all. That's correct. This one was not a typical Ric Flair and, match. And I said this one was yeah. not typical Ric, which was great. Yeah, like you wouldn't see him having this match in WCW. Um, yeah. Like by any stretch, but... And, and I pointed this out to you was the massive pop that Arn Anderson got when he slid in the ring and hit that spine buster picture. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Like when he hit that spine buster, it, it was like the roof came off and it was just, it was just Arn Anderson with a spine buster. What, what mm -hmm. was better, George, Arn Anderson's spine buster or the role he did to get out of the ring? Both. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> I agree. Um, it was great, and for being no disqualification, like Arn, like slid in, hit it, and then got out. As I've said, he didn't want to get caught by the ref. It's, mm -hmm. it's no DQ, Arn. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, look, I, I've been very vocal how I feel about Flair. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He was the wrestler of the late '70s, the wrestler of the '80s until Hogan. Um, he, I give him full credit. He is the last true traveling worldwide champion, world champion. I mean, that guy wrestled, I think he said eight straight years in a row, he wrestled 390 matches a year. So that's more than one a day. 
in a lot of cases, and that's insanity. Um, yeah. Especially because like, the stories that he would tell of like he'd be out drinking all night, and while people were recovering the next day, he's in the ring ready to go full circle. Yeah, like there are so many times where he would say, "Where you know, I was wrestling in Asheville, North Carolina, at 11 a.m., and then I had to drive six hours to Tennessee to wrestle for 6 p.m." You know, it's it was again stunned that the guy is still on this earth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I always just felt like, look, if I've seen one Ric Flair match, I've seen a billion of them. That's the only thing I'll say that. Brett was probably right about was that look, he he had his shtick and it worked for him. That's great, and I won't ever take anything away from Ric Flair. I understand his greatness. I'm one of those people that if Austin Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker, if they tell me he's one of the greatest of all time, I believe him. Mm. Who who am I to tell for the greatest workers of all time that you're wrong about Ric Flair? I'm not I'm mm. not a mark like that. Just Ric Flair wasn't my cup of tea. That doesn't mean he wasn't great. That's my opinion. I can, I'm not that kind of wrestling fan where I could say, you don't, you like Ric Flair, you're an idiot, you don't know anything. No, that's why I argue people when they say, you know, Michaels isn't the best in ring performer of all time. Well, guess who says that he is? Ric Flair, <laughs> um, Austin, Taker, um, Edge, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho. That's the guy. I'm going to listen to them if that's what they're telling me. Um, Triple H. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're not you're not gonna listen to somebody who's like, you know, Joey Janela really is pretty good in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so here we go. Uh, next match: Edge versus Booker T. The winner uh, is Edge. Didn't even didn't even ask me my thoughts on the match. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. I'm leaving by. (laughs) No. Um. (laughs) I, I agree with you, Chris. I thought it was a four star match. And I'm mm-hmm. somebody who hated uh, the American Badass gimmick. Oh, like, I thought I, you liked it. I'm sorry. Nope. 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 George contested that. I hated it from the day it debuted to the day it died. I appreciate it more now because t- I, I will always admit that Taker had some of his best matches under that gimmick because he wasn't constrained to the dead man character. But I just I hated it. I was like, this is terrible. Like, you know, especially when he showed back up and he was all fat. And it was just like, like, get it out of here. I want you dead, you know, sending to the heavens after losing the Yokozuna. Like, I, you know, I, I wanted, I like, you know, Ministry of Darkness Taker. But um, he had some of his best matches in this gimmick. And this is one of them. Yeah. This is absolutely one of his best matches on, with, with this gimmick. And um, one of my, I would say definitely one of my, one of my favorite flair matches. Uh, I mean, it might be up there for Taker, too, if I had, I'd have to think about my list for Taker. But mm-hmm. um, definitely one of my favorites uh, of the both of them. Yeah. Um, I think Flair tested like, this match to like the match that brought him back to like, wanting to be a wrestler because he wasn't really doing much. And he didn't have confidence in his skills to really want to be a wrestler. Kind of like when HBK came back. Mm-hmm. But you know, being a ring with Taker, I guess, kind of rejuvenated, and he felt he's like, no, I, I can do this at least for another race. He looked great too. Flair looked really good in this match, um, aesthetically. He looked great. Um, all right, so like I said, Booker T versus Edge. Edge gets the win here. Um, I gave it about one and a half stars. I thought it was okay. <laughs> These two just did not gel well at all. And I'm a big Booker T guy. I love Booker T. Um, King Booker is like one of my favorite gimmicks ever. Um, 
<laughs> the last two minutes, three minutes, I thought were really good. Uh, everything before that was just very average in terms of building up spots. The crowd just did not care at all when Booker did the spin um, which is disappointing since, you know, he was the heel. Um, this was the third match on the show so far that got between six, seven minutes. So I guess you could say they wanted to give them enough time to have a decent match, but not enough time to have a classic. Um, although nothing against these two, I just, I think their styles just didn't gel to where I don't think this had any chance of being a classic. Not at this point. If you did this match like four years later when Edge was all in rated RK, uh, you know, R, um, not rated RKO, when he was just the rated R superstar and Booker T was a good, was a, a big time baby face, then you're probably looking at a good WrestleMania classic. But Edge was still at this middle ground here where he was still getting out of that tag team aspect still trying to find his way as a single star. So um, I, I, I thought this was a very good starting point uh, for Edge from a singles perspective because he, he did go on um, to go right and feud with Kurt Angle after this, uh, which really, you know, sent him, you know, to another level. Um, your, your thoughts, George, on, on Booker T and Edge? It was a, it was a match. I mean, it's kind of forgettable concerning the fact that I followed plus the build was terrible. I, I mentioned to you before about how bad the build was. Mm -hmm. Well, what George was saying there a little bit was oh, that the match followed Flair and Taker. So kind of hard uh, to follow that and expect the classic. Uh, there was a video package showing the debut of the New World Order who were there to inject poison. That can go a whole lot of ways in today's world. Uh, into WWE, as Vince put it. They cost Steve Austin his chance to win back the world title. Austin was back to being a babyface and turning heel towards the end of 2001. The what phase had just begun, too, at this point. Uh, Hall challenged him to a match at WrestleMania because he wanted Austin that proved to him that he was the toughest son of a bitch in the company. Just a bad, bad program from the start. Um, here we go. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Scott Hall with Kevin Nash. Winner, obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, before I, get, um, before I get to my opinion on this, what was your thoughts on this match, guys? Obviously, this match, when you would look around the internet, when you see the ending stunner, you would think that this was the end of a great match where in reality, in my opinion, I just thought it really, really missed the point here. I really mm -hmm. thought it was a huge letdown for Steve Austin. Um, what were your guys' thoughts? I agree. Was this the match where he stunned Hall and Hall like floated in the air? Yeah, like where he and went then, to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. That's that might be my favorite sell of the stunner of all time. <laughs> because it was just it was just in slow motion. It was, I don't know. I just I thought it was great. It was, it's up there with the rocks unnecessary rolling backwards after he gets stunned. Love it. But but um, I did not. Unfortunately, um, for a match that did have two of the greats, in my opinion, you know, two of the top ten, of, you know, best wrestlers ever, um, was not very good. I mean, you gotta think about that. Like, I think this was at the time where I think Austin was kind of, um, not happy with his with the way things are going with a lot of things. I think it was shortly um, after this, he walked out. So yeah, I, it, was it wasn't too long after. Um, and, you know, I Hall was unfortunately battling demons. Yeah. So um, it just was never, you, 
You had one one guy who was incapable of, of really being at the top of his game, like Hall, and then one guy who, you know, would still do what he needed to do because he's the ultimate professional. And it, sometimes with Austin, but he clearly just at this point with this feud, he just didn't, didn't give a shit. Yeah, it was um, a really sad, he, sad build because at this point, like you guys, you know, it's been documented, so it's not like I'm saying anything brand new, but at this time, Hall had come in and he really wanted to shape himself up from alcohol abuse, which is what he was struggling with. And during this time, unbeknownst to Steve Austin and you know Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon that were controlling a lot of these vignettes and a lot of these, you know, promos that were, you know, when Austin kidnapped um Hall and wrapped him up in tape and poured beard over all over him. Um at this time, Scott Hall was on a drug called Anabuse. So Anabuse is a drug to where if you're an alcoholic and you take this, this pill, the mere scent of alcohol could make you violently ill. And Hall did not tell anybody that he was on Anabuse. And there was um, it was said by Bruce Pritchard on his podcast because he produced a segment where they were in that freezer or whatever. They were in some containment place where uh, uh, Hall had the duct tape to his, his mouth and his nose and Austin was pouring beer all over him. And under that tape, Scott Hall was getting very, very ill. And it was a sad, sad scene. And then they didn't find out till afterwards that he had taken an abuse. So all these years later, people feel like, you know, look at Austin, that piece of shit. He knows, you know, he's a recovering alcoholic and he's he's pouring beer all over scott hall and wwf or assholes for making him do this nobody knew that he was taking end abuse because scott didn't want to come off as at that time in the business he didn't want to come off as some weak guy he just wanted to come off as someone who's you know he's not getting drunk every night but he just didn't tell anybody that he was taking medicine that being around alcohol is going to make him violently ill because if he would have said something to somebody before he wouldn't be doing a program with Stone Cold Steve Austin because you're in a program with Austin. There's going to be beer everywhere. So I don't know if you guys knew that story, but that Mm -hmm. was, yeah, that's, that's the whole, the backstory about, you know, just from the jump street, this, this Mm -hmm. program was just destined to fail. Um, George, what was your thoughts on on the match and the whole program? I like the build more than the match. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you. I agree. Yeah. As you said, like the match missed in some parts, but it was a memorable feud because they're two really good promos and, and they had some good segments with each other. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll remember that. And it's a shame that this was uh, Scott Hall's last WrestleMania match. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it was. Um, he was gone shortly after this as well. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, because of the parties involved, I'm going to give this match you know, two and a half stars. That's the best I could have done. Um, the match was just okay. Like I said, the crowd really woke up after Nash first interfered and they were loud for everything after that. Um, Hall was a decent worker at, at this point and he was a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Um, but he had mm-hmm. definitely fallen off from where he was earlier in his career. Um, yeah. You could tell in this match too, Austin's injuries were really starting to mount up and his frustration. He wasn't moving as well as before. Um, obviously, I, I doubt he was thrilled about being on the mid card after headlining the biggest WrestleMania of all time a year prior. Um, you know, Austin would obviously have a falling out months later, 
which led to him like you know leaving the company and and you know even getting arrested for allegedly hitting his wife um at the time which was deborah um he didn't serve any time i, I think it ended up the charges were dropped um he he did come back for wrestlemania 19 which you know we thought was his last match but you know never say never in pro wrestling um yeah. i always wish that austin had a more high profile match here we didn't get it uh the rest of you know hall's wwe career was wasn't very memorable nor lasted long um nash would go on for like another year and even got a couple of world title feuds um with triple h in 2003 so this was the beginning of the end very quickly for both hall and austin it's so crazy to think about that um yeah. just why i uh i um was this was this wasn't one was austin that was also pissed that he wasn't facing hogan at mania as well so no because it, it should have been that realistically should have been them you had so, one and one a of the two biggest wrestlers of all time um it should have been them i mean look we're, I, I love that match but still yeah. i mean so apparently this was at a time and uh, austin did an interview recently talking about it i have to find it i'll send it to you guys where he said a match with hogan wasn't going to happen anyway because they were just not getting along they just did oh. not they were not friendly at all um yeah. And they didn't gel in the ring. I think they had a tag match at one time before the Rock and Hogan were announced, where Hogan it was Rock and Austin versus the NWO, and Hogan and Austin when they got in the ring together, they were bad. Like it was bad. You could find the match. Uh, yeah, on, you know, I could I could believe that. Honestly. Yeah, you could find the match on YouTube. And I mean, <clears throat> there was a point where Austin went for like a drop down and like a tackle, and like Hogan like didn't even go down for him and then went to the you ropes know, and then fell that down familiar. Yeah. It that was not familiar. good. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It makes sense because I mean, like Hogan's all about, you know, sports entertaining and, and telling the story in the ring. Not that Austin can't do that, but you know, their styles are completely different. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, may, may, maybe rock and, and Austin was the better. I mean, I clearly, it was the better. Decision. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly the, the secondary option, definitely worked out better in the end yeah um plus plus togan isn't gonna lay down for austin <laughs> that's another thing what are you gonna do with the finish like who both guys are gonna play politics and both guys are gonna be in yeah. vince's ear who wins that match i mean you know? yeah. austin clearly isn't gonna go down for hogan because there's no doubt he's holding resentment for the simple fact that his push got squashed when hogan got signed to wcw because he was supposed to be lined up for a world a lineup of a world title. And then as soon as they got Hogan, they basically just shoved his ass right back down the mid card down to the bottom. Yeah. And so he's not gonna fucking give Hogan a win. And there's no way Hogan's gonna give Austin a win because then it will mean that Austin is the bigger star than Hogan. And he ain't doing that. Right. Right. Um, all right. So I'm for the sake of time, I'm gonna just tell you guys what happened in the next match because it was pretty awful because I want to get to the final two, the final couple matches here. Um, a four corners elimination match for the tag team titles, Billy and Chuck versus the Dudley boys versus Hardy's and versus APA. And as you guys could expect, and obviously predict the winners were Billy and Chuck. So um, it was, um, it was a very, two, very poor a tag team with two Christy and Francesco's. <sighs> I have to edit that out. Um, <laughs> um 
So let's see. Backstage, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were upset about the loss of Austin. They wanted to take out their anger on The Rock. Hulk walked up to them saying that he wants to go out there to prove that he could still go out there on his own. The crowd popped huge as soon as they saw Austin on screen. You know, that was definitely a sign of things to come. Um, a video package started up. You mean Hogan? Yeah, what did I say? Austin. Austin. Whoops. As soon as Hogan was on the screen, I'm sorry. That was, yeah, yeah, definitely a good sign of things of what we're going to see soon here. A video package started up highlighting Hogan and Rock. Um, Hulk did a promo about how he was the biggest star in wrestling in the past and in the present. Um, Rock showed up to ask Hulk about how he felt about headlining one more WrestleMania with him. Hulk said yes after, you know, waiting about th- three minutes. Um, the Rock hit a rock bottom. Uh, Hulk beat him in a tag, um, took a hammer to the back of Rock's head, and ran him over with an ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, so somehow the Rock is still alive. They killed that motherfucker twice. Um, Stuffed him in an ambulance and rammed it with a uh, with a rig. Yep. God, the ambulance thing was just so stupid. Um, the Rock came I, back yeah. from it. I like, did it for the Rock. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan made his entrance to the NWO theme song, even though he was a heel. You could tell the crowd was 100% cheering him um, just because it was just a big deal to have Hulk Hogan back at WrestleMania after nine years. And also in, in Canada, Hogan is just a god up there. Sorry, Brett. Um, WWE, you know, probably realized that this match probably should have went on last, um, especially once The Rock entered. Um, he got an enormous baby face pop too. Uh, the Rock was in the main event during the previous three WrestleManias, so he dropped down on the car a little bit here, but he ended up winning the night because it's the match that this pay-per-view is most remembered for. Um, look, you know, Hulk Hogan versus Rock. The winner is The Rock. Torch was passed. Five-star match here, man. I mean, to this day, you watch just video of this match, and it is just absolutely just make it numbs the body of goosebumps mm-hmm. of watching this match. And it just, it is the definition of what it really means to be over in the business. Mm-hmm. Both guys, um, you know, the stare down in the beginning was just unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, you know, Hogan wrestling a quarter of that match with two broken ribs after getting rock bottomed. Um, you know, when, when Hogan hulked up, Dear God, like you could feel the cameras shaking on the live broadcast. It was so incredible. Um, Yeah, it's wild. Dean, I'll I'll go to you since this is one of your favorite matches. This is the reason why you actually wanted to join us on this show um, Mm -hmm. this week. Uh, Your thoughts on this this match? I loved it. All right. Good talk. I'll see you out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's just, you know, I will never forget this match. Um, And there have been a few years. You know, because what, what year was this again? Oh, four, two, three, oh, three, oh, two. So it had been quite a while um, after seeing this on the pay-per-view to where I then around 2013, 14, I bought the the best of the rock box set that had this match on it. Um, so you're looking at like a, a nine to 10, 11 year period or whatever. My math's off, but um. And I remember this is the first match I put in before I watched like everything else on it. And I just was, I was like, well, I can't, I forgot how great this match was and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just, I love it. It, it. To me, this is everything that 
you know, as much as of like NWA and WCW stuff like that, I love this was the antithesis of what professional wrestling is meant to be. I agree. Was this match was this match, and it's oh, I think it's only come close once since, and that was uh, once in a lifetime. One Cena mm. Rock. That was the yeah. closest, and it wasn't even close. But this it was the closest that we've gotten since then. That's a great point. I think yeah, that's comparable. It's not obviously on that level. Like you mm. just said, but man, that was it's there. Uh, George? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this was this wasn't even a match, it was just it was a cultural event. Like everybody was talking about this, whether you followed wrestling or not. I mean, Hulk and Rock are two massive names outside the ring. Mm-hmm. Too. I mean, and, and this is pre Dwayne Johnson of the actor, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just massive name like you know hulk hogan's he's back at wrestlemania this is his first wrestlemania he's back at nine years since 1993 we mm-hmm. all remember how that how that WrestleMania was yep so i mean it was i mean we, we always talk about like stuff being a one match show i mean there were good matches on it but unfortunately this one just it it had everything mm-hmm. you know it had it had a classic build. It had the passing of the torch, rock kicking out of the leg drop, which maybe one other person had done since then. Mm-hmm. If that, mm-hmm. very dangerous guest. It was Warrior, Warrior, rock Warrior, and Rock are the yep. only two that clicked out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the Rock's the only good person to ever kick out of that. <laughs> Not a pile of shit. Um, you know, Rock going over was the big call. Hindsight being what it is, mm-hmm. I would have had Hogan remain a heel and maybe like low blow the rock afterwards. Not mm. you know, maybe continue on with NW a little more, not go straight to being a face the next night. But um, it's it, it is what it is. I mean, it's I can't even give it a star rating because it, it even if I say five stars, I feel like I'm still just not giving it justice. I agree. Um, yeah, this is a. I mean. The, Despite yeah. what some, um, despite what some wrestling journalists think, um, it, it, this match, it's more than just, you know, hitting the right moves and making sure you get all your spots. This told a story, and it was told beautifully. But I agree. I guess because it had forty super kicks in it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't rated five stars but yeah i mean this is you know if this isn't a five-star match to me then nothing is in in my opinion um i think the only knock what's that go ahead ahead, george i was gonna say just to give a comparison uh that idiot gave a random street fight tag team on aw dynamite a five-star match but not this Mm -hmm. so (laughs) think about that real quick I, I was going to say, I think the only thing that would have made this match even better is if Hogan had not been attached to the NWO and Rock comes out, does everything, and then boom, real American hits and Hogan's coming out in the red and the yellow. I think no, that- just in, in, terms of, in terms of just legacy, I think, because the NWO was so dead at this point, nobody cared that the NWO was, was in WWE or F, whatever it was at the time. But so if he would have came out to real American you know, uh, and just doing the old stick, uh, man, th- th- this, this match would have been even better. It, w- it would have even been better than it was it's, just for, in terms of the sheer 
looks. Especially you know? if he came out to, especially if he came out to Real American with no tease towards it at all. Yeah. Just you know, you see him on Raw and he's in the black and white with the with the with the, with the five o'clock shadow, and then boom, it kicks in. I think I think the crowd would have went nuts. They would have ran wild, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, The Rock wasn't even 30 yet. The Rock would have turned 30 about less than two months later. And Hulk Hogan is 49 years old here. So absolutely just unbelievable. And Hogan was probably in one of the best shapes of his life. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, he was, he was pretty ripped for a 49-year-old. Yeah. Um, so the, the Let Me Down match was next. Unfortunately, it was you know, Jazz versus Trish versus Lita. The winner was Jazz. <laughs> so we'll move on to that. Um, how much time do we have left here? Four, about five minutes. All right, let's go. Uh, the main event here, which we know the main event technically really just happened. Um, WWF undisputed world heavyweight title match. Chris Jericho with Stephanie McMahon versus Triple H winner and new undisputed champ as expected was Triple H who had just come off the injury, won a great Royal rumble. One of the best rumbles, if not the best rumble of all time. Um, uh, you know, this match I thought was, Obviously overshadowed by Hogan Rock, but this was a really good match, man. I gave this match four stars. Um, you know, it it was obvious the crowd, you know, cared way more about Rock Hogan. The crowd was kind of really tired by this point. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Jericho or Hunter at all. They worked oh. super hard in this match. Um, you know, obviously Hunter being the baby face um, with the interference of Stephanie and um, – I just thought it was really good, man. Even post-match, JR did a great job doing his best to put over Triple H by displaying, you know, how much heart he had for this victory. Um, it, it was just, you know, it, it it shouldn't have been the main event, and it sucks that, you know, this match is never really looked at anymore from WrestleMania 18. And this was like Triple H's big comeback year, big, you know, babyface turn, babyface run here, becoming the undisputed champion. Um, but yeah, just, you know, it just felt lackluster because of what we saw, you know, a half hour prior to this. Um, you guys agree with that? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Um, what would have helped this match more is if the roles were reversed, if Jericho was the face and Triple H was the heel. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, all right. Um, that is a wrap on this show we'll maybe hit on some pieces of their you know next week about maybe some things that we might have missed um out of 10 guys what do you give this pay-per-view seven i'm also at a seven me too yeah um yeah I, i thought the hogan rock match really elevates the score um austin rock i i mean i'm sorry um Austin and Hall, I just wasn't a big fan of, but I mean, it was Austin and Hall, so I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, best match of the night, Rock and um, Hogan, obviously. Mo- most memorable match, or most memorable moment to me was um, Hulk hit, uh, H- Hogan shaking the Rock's hand and lifting his hand up, like a passing of the torch type thing um, at the end. So I, I thought it was, that was really good. Um, overall, My most memorable moment is... Uh... Hogan hulking up in that match, just oh, just because the, right. the electricity in the building was yep. just unmatched. I that's a great point. Good point. Um, all right, that about does it here. Um, thank you guys for getting to this point. Thank you for listening to us talk about Scott Hall on the top of the show. Rest in power to the bad guy. Um, you will be missed. Um, you won't ever be forgotten in the wrestling world. That's for sure. Um, 
Uh, thank you guys so much. Next week, I actually don't know what we got going on next week. I'll let you guys know as soon as possible. I'm going to talk to uh, George and Dean about it and see what we got coming up. Um, but uh, this has been WrestleMania 18. Thank you guys so very much. Uh, this is the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Hot Tag Podcast on Instagram. Um, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekend. And we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one. Be safe. Bye-bye.